wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for June 22nd, 2017. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. And for today, we got a blockbuster episode on tap with John Ritland at Reborn Again on the Twitter and the host of Real Honestly with John Ritland on YouTube. He returns to Wrestle Rant Radio here today for the first time in over six months to shoot the WWE breeze and talk all things wrestling with yours truly. Really, nothing is off limits. We talk about Roman Reigns, Bailey, Marty Skrull, and CM Punk, Hulk Hogan, Impact Wrestling anything that comes to mind that is wrestling related and nothing is off limits we talk all about it on today's episode for almost an hour and a half you guys are gonna enjoy it it's a great episode hope you guys like it uh the reason being as this goes up on june 22nd i'm currently on vacation in florida at disney world so if i could bring the microphone with me i would record the show i have in years past i've recorded wrestle rant radios on vacation back in 2015 or 2014 I think it was and other years as well this year I just could not bring my microphone with me would be a big hassle and just kind of takes away from time with the family and whatnot but that being said we will be back on regular schedule starting next week with Raw Smackdown talk and whatnot henceforth no money in the bank review here today but if you want my full thoughts on the show check out my full written review of the pay-per-view from last Sunday right here on the website at nextairwrestling.net that being said, enjoy this candid conversation with the one, the only, reborn again, John Ritland. How you doing today, John? Oh, I'm doing good, man. How about you? Doing good. As good as I can be coming off that uh, dull episode of Raw from Monday. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> even even the week before wasn't all... A lot of people liked the one right after Extreme Rules. And I did personally, yeah. I did, well, see, I mean, I saw why people liked it, but it's like, oh, Bray got... Squashed. Hooray. <laughs> I've, give, I've given up on them pushing Bray Wyatt. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, same. It's it's a whole other story with the whole Seth Rollins. It, it, it was weird to me. The whole Rollins feud is one thing, but they expect you to take him right. seriously, despite the fact he literally just lost clean to Roman Reigns this start of Raw last week. It doesn't make any sense. No, it, see, and, and it's like that's the problem now with the three hours of Raw. It's been their problem. In 2012, it wasn't so bad. 2013, well, I mean, I don't want to talk about the product in 2013. Yeah, it sucked, I mean, yeah. <laughs> some of that, especially yeah. the fall of 2013. But yep. 2015 was really bad because you have so much overexposed talent, even mm. with the brand split. Yep. It's so overexposed. Yeah, I feel that's definitely one of the biggest problems they're dealing with right now, especially on Raw, which we're talking about today. We're already rolling here on the show for WrestleRant Radio. This is going up on the 22nd, so next Thursday. Um, I figured I wanted to do a podcast ahead of time because I won't be around to record for next week. So I'm thinking I'll give you a ring up. I know we always talk for about an hour anyway, but just random stuff. So obviously we can't talk Money right. in the Bank as, as of now. It hasn't happened yet. 
um, and stuff happening next week. But I'm thinking if there's any person to talk to about the current state of WWE, and it's not a pretty one about in, in terms of the current state of Raw and what's going on right now, it would be John Ritland because you got you, you know what's going on all you know up and down Raw and whatnot. You always have a lot of thoughts on your YouTube channel. Before we get started here, I want to plug you on the Twitter machine at Reborn again. Tell people a, a little bit about your channel as well. Oh, the channel. Let's see. I started. Well, I started back like in 2015. Like started uploading videos. I had actually been been on UStream for about six months before that, but the video quality and my phone quality wasn't all that great until about 2016, mid 2016. It really started taking off. Like I'm actually about 900 videos and over 50,000 views. Nice, nice. Really, only. Yeah, I was going to say, it only equates to like 56 and a half views, but that's better than some channels do. No, that's good. That's very good. That's huge, yeah. I mean, and the, I mean, yeah, the channel uh, the channel name, Real Honesty with John Ritland, I figure, hey, why not do that? Because I'm nothing if not honest. Mm-hmm. Brutally honest. <laughs> and it gets me some, it, it, it gets me some hate, but it's like, I'll talk about anything from, w, I talk a lot about WCW because I miss the Monday Night Wars like mm-hmm. crazy. Um... I mean, I'll, t- I'll talk occasionally about some special, like, you know, um, world events that bother me. But mainly it's just, it could be the current product. It's raw SmackDown reviews every week, pay-per-view reviews as often as I can, takeover reviews. And usually, I mean, and I don't know how many you've been able to watch because I know you're, no, you're busy. But from, like, November of last year to currently, my friend Chris sits in on him. Yeah, yeah. And that's where... That's where the views have really taken off because mm-hmm. people appreciate it from June on when I started having people on there. They said, oh, you have guests. I go, well, yeah, I do have friends. It's just, it's just <laughs> a matter of getting them to, yeah. it's just a matter of getting them to sit in on it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's really what the channel is. I post videos, God, I mean, now that I think about it, I post videos almost every day. I mean, I record them in chunks. Mm-hmm. I'll record like two, three videos in a like you know a two hour period and then put them up over three days but yeah that's pretty much is what it is I've been a wrestling guy what thirty two years first ever show was War the Cell the score so I've watched it for quite a while damn yeah you've seen a lot of shit so if there's anyone that can give the lowdown on the current product and how good or not so good it is it's definitely you and we've talked at length about it before this is I think fourth time yeah. on the show I. Th- think i'm not exactly sure it might be your third or fourth it might be your fourth but you've definitely been on here a couple times to talk about a a bunch about a bunch of things in the past yeah the last time i was on i was on i believe was the preview for roadblock Roadblock. yeah that's what i thought yeah (laughs) (laughs) that yeah i thought it was that show and and still raw is every bit as stale as it was six months ago so i mean not much has changed i guess so um but there's Uh, still so I don't know. It's weird because as much as, as despite how much has changed, I mean, with the Hardy Boys being back, which is fun, and Kurt Angle being around and stuff like that, and even the superstar shakeup and all that other shit, it still feels like Raw is not as must see. Not even I don't know as as fifteen years ago or whatever. It still it still lacks that must see feel that it did many years ago, and I feel like that's the biggest problem with Raw right now. Would you agree? Well, I mean, absolutely. See, what's really, I mean, going to three hours, if they wanted to do, here, here's my thing. This is my thought process all the way back in 2012 when they first went to three hours. If you do three hours after Mania and after some pay-per-views, I would understand that. You could do about 12 a year. But now, because of all the pay-per-views, God, they'd be doing, you know, three-hour Raws or SmackDowns. Like, 
every single week because there's so many pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been stale. And even with, the, as you said, the Superstar Shake-Up, the brand split, it's ridiculous. Like, you have all this talent, this wealth of talent. You have been not booking Bailey correctly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, that, and I know for you that's got to really hurt because you're yeah. such a big Bailey fan. I mean, I'm a big Bailey fan also. Mm-hmm. But it's like her, it, just, it does not feel must-see. And it's like I, the little clips I've seen of bringing to the table, I can't even watch that show because I <laughs> want to hurt JBL every time I see him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like, oh, but you don't get how much money the WWE makes from this, from all, you know, from the third hour of Raw. Well, that's great. It's like the NFL, though, or you know, any any product that of entertainment or sports that gets that extends their product too far, dilutes it. You're going to dilute the product, so yeah, you're making more money, but you're tuning fans out. The ratings are as low as they were during the time when WCW was kicking their ass, mm-hmm. and that's even with they they have great talent. They have plenty of great talent. They have a wealth of talent in NXT that could be called up and screwed over, like 90% of them have been. Mm-hmm. Um, where is American Alpha? I think we need to do a missing persons report on them. <laughs> I, I know that I know Jason Jordan got in, uh, or he got married, but still, like, where are they? Yeah. Um, it just doesn't feel like must-see. I mean, it's like, I still watch it because I'm a fan, and I always will be a fan. SmackDown just feels like it's easier to watch. Even with 205 Live at the end, I always watch that to do on my reviews. Mm-hmm. It just feels like easier to handle because it's wrestling. They don't focus as much on the GM stuff. Raw feels like with three hours, you have all this talent. You could utilize it better, and you're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, WWE is just not. And it's frustrating. You would think by this point, five years after the fact, I mean, it's it's crazy to think and almost sad at the same time. It was almost exactly five years ago they went to three hours. And in that five years, they have not figured out how to utilize that third hour effectively. It's it's shocking. It It is. It's like everything could be good for the first 90 minutes and even in the, sec- the, the, the you know, even to the end of the second hour. In that third hour, it's like they're like, okay, well, people aren't going to tune in, so let's just put Titus out there. Yeah, exactly. The Titus brand or do an Alicia Fox and Noam Dara segment for five minutes. Yeah, shit like that. I mean, oh, God. And, like, you know, and uh, those are a couple things I want to touch on. Look, I have nothing against Titus as a person, though I don't get why a father would kiss his teenage son on the mouth. That was That's a little weird. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I'm like, I'm not the one to tell people how to raise their kids. I'm like, I'm a bad. Anyway, but he he's a he's a good talker. He can get good heat, and I think this thing with Cruz can work if they stop with the fifty fifty booking. But mm-hmm. the Dar and Alicia Fox thing. Look, Alicia Fox is likable. Interviews that she's done, she's likable. She's still young. I think she's only what she's like twenty nine. She's gonna be thirty this year. She's been in WWE for about ten years at this point, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yeah. Um, you know, when she was shown kissing Edge, uh, you know, she was the wedding planner, Edge, the little lecherous creep that he is. (laughs) Um, I just, ever since they had her go crazy, like when Paige was taken off TV, let's have Alicia Fox acts crazy. Mm -hmm. She, she has, oh God, I mean, it's horrifying. Like when Cedric Alexander broke up with her, like, did you watch that episode of 205 Live? Yeah, that was awful. Absolutely terrible. God, I mean... 
And Alicia Fox is talented in the ring. Some of the matches, the short matches she's had with um, Sasha Banks, that mm-hmm. short-lived feud that's bare left not talked about. Yeah. She can execute a great Northern Lights suplex, a good scissors kick. She has the athletic ability. Just don't ever talk. Mm-hmm. And Gar, meanwhile, is 23, 24. And he's just been, he is what Drew Gulak is. But Drew Gulak at least has the ability to talk. I mean, Dar, his accent gets in the way, and that's not his fault. But he has just been made into a joke. And the guy has great talent. His CWC stuff was great. Yeah. Um, And it's just those storylines in particular, you have to have a wealth of storylines for people. I get it. Not everybody's going to be a superstar. Not everybody's a main, main event talent, um, despite how they push him, Roman Reigns. But he, but at least with pe- at least with all the people, if you're not going to utilize them, and they finally kind of figured out with Sanderson Cesaro what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Kinda. I mean, you know, um, I could do without them both wearing kilts. It it conjures up some fanfic stuff that I'd rather not talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but at least with them, they have found something to do with them. But there are some words like okay, did. did why in the world are they not utilizing every talent they have? Like, did you see the big show quotes? Yeah, from the podcast. Uh, I think he was talking to yeah, uh, to Jericho, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he's right. Mm-hmm. I can, and I can imagine it is frustrating to him. I mean, and Big Show's been in the company for a number of years, since that one year that he took off. Mm-hmm. Well, that one year, like two months. But he's right. And mm-hmm. his stuff, I mean, and he knows about frustrating TV tapings. He was in WCW for about four years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's just, there is much that they can do to fix stuff. And it's it's easy, but Vince just has to stop being stubborn and senile, like the promoters that he took over back in the 80s. Vince is exactly what, and I mean, I I have all due respect for, you know, like great Vern Gagne, and, you know, Jimmy Crockett and people like that. I mean, Jim Crockett had more success. I mean, AWA was starting to fade away by 85, mm-hmm. um, even though they held up to 91. But he picked on all these old-time promoters saying, oh, they didn't have the vision. Is Vince still a genius? I think he has genius in him, but age and being stubborn and senile is catching up with him. And that's going to happen with anybody. But yeah, exactly, thing, yeah. And I think you've written articles about this, but managers, they need to have managers for some talents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, they had Titus O'Neil, but it it says, I mean, they weren't doing this. They had Apollo win this week, and they had Titus lose last Uh week. But like you said, the whole 50-50 booking is a whole other issue, which is why no one feels special or no one gets over. But uh, with Titus a couple weeks ago, they had Titus, the manager, who was supposed to be the manager, beat Kalisto on Raw. And then they had Kali- then they had Apollo Cruz lose to Kalisto on Raw, and it made absolutely no sense. It was complete ass backwards booking. And beyond Titus, who is, I mean, he's entertaining to an extent, but I don't know what they're doing with the whole Titus brand thing. Like you said, it has potential, but they have to stop making it less goofy. I'm not really sure what they need to do with those guys, or at least focus more on Cruz. But yeah, beyond Titus O'Neil, they don't really have. I mean, Paul Heyman obviously too. But beyond those guys, Alana's kind of going on, going off on her own. They don't really have managers, and that's why it doesn't. That's why everything feels so formulaic nowadays. And NXT's getting it right. I mean, it's like I, mean, I remember you like. I remember you agreeing with my video 
an unpopular opinion video that I did on NXT, how I feel currently the product has plateaued. That was back a couple months ago. NXT is getting its stuff back, but it's going to happen when any call-ups happen. You have to bring people up. Mm -hmm. But about NXT, you could bring up Ellering. You tell me that Ellering, at his advanced age, can't get people over with his intellect? Mm -hmm. He's made the authors of pain seem invincible. And they are, you know, I, I... they're projects. They're they're twenty three and twenty two. Yeah. But they are they are the authors of pain, the masters of botch, as I call them. because <laughs> um, you have to do such unbelievable things with them. But if you call him up, Ellering, I think it more than Heyman could get Roman Reigns over. I think Ellering could. That would be a good pairing. That would be a very good pairing, yeah. actually. And this will just take a minute, but it's like it's mixing a booking that my friend Chris did with something that I have an idea for. Mm-hmm. Leading into Mania 34, you have it build up with um, Lesnar, but you have Roman Reigns off TV for a bit after, some, after, say, Survivor Series. Or maybe even after October, he's off TV for a few months. Royal Rumble comes around, eh, you know, whatever, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lights go out, people think, oh God, Undertaker. Suddenly... Showing up in the ring as a guy in a mask, not quite like the Kane Meadow mask from 2012, mm-hmm. but something similar to it. And hidden, you got to hide Reigns' tattoos because it's going to be Reigns, and he's got a lot of distinct tattoos. Yeah. And this guy is just standing, this hulking figure, and he suddenly starts beating the crap out of people. He has a chair. He beats the crap out of everybody in the ring and leaves, and the mask stays on. You don't know who it is. And you have these backstage attacks on Raw for weeks after that. And finally, it's revealed who it is, and it's Reigns. And say you have Cena on Raw. You have him just take out Cena for a few weeks, and you build to a match after Mania, mm-hmm. because you're still building the Reigns versus Lesnar. Reigns manages to get the win over Lesnar, because obviously he's going to, because Lesnar's probably going to leave after Mania 34. Yeah. Reigns wins. Holds, victor- holds the title victorious, you know, holds the universal title. People are pissed, obviously, <laughs> because it's Roman Reigns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's given a reason to boo because he che- he doesn't necessarily cheat to win, but he just keeps beating on Lesnar and beating on Lesnar and beating on Lesnar. He finally, he kind of overpowers him, similar to what happened to Cena at, main, at, at SummerSlam 2014. Mm-hmm. Then the next night, you have Cena show up. You have Cena show up. Cena had had a match with, say, somebody else. And Cena's like, well, you know, I won my match, you won your match, or whatever, take, I'm going to take you down. Well, then, the lights go up, and suddenly staying in the ring, you know, Cena gets laid out because he offers a pain debut. Just destroy Cena, and I mean destroy Cena, and Reigns lays him out. They give him a new finisher, I don't know, and that's the rock bottom, but something, you know, something different than the spear. Yeah. I mean, but it, let him use the spear for impactful spots. Then... You have, as you close the show, you have basically a new shield, but Reigns is the leader. You have Elring there on the stage, clapping. That is how you get Roman Reigns over. For like a Roman Empire kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, I think it would work. One, because here's my thing. I'm not the biggest Reigns fan. No, I admit his matches with AJ Styles and a few others have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. But that is how you get him over the heel. At this point, that's, that's how they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to, yeah. I mean, at this point, I think the solution is to turn him heel. But why do you think, up to this point, that they've been so hesitant to turn him heel? I mean, they're so 
hell-bent on making him the top babyface. And it's been that he's been on top now for about two and a half years, and it's just not working. I know you've talked about it before. I know we're kind of beating a dead horse about turning Roman Reigns heel, but it, ha- it has to happen because he's not going to get over as a top face. Why they thought that we would cheer him after he retired the Undertaker WrestleMania blows my mind. So why do you think they're, they're so hesitant to turn Roman Reigns heel at this point, in your opinion? You, you have to go all the way back to when the Shield broke up. Because if you think about just before that happened, when you had Reigns and Triple H face off, it was right after that throwaway match that the Shield had against the the middle aged outlaws and uh, corporate slack Kane. <laughs> I love Kane, but that was that was a horrifying match because it was like ninety seconds. Yeah. But you had the evolution shield thing and you had Triple H and Reigns face off. That is the way you build it. You, mm-hmm. you because people cheered. Yeah. But the shield hid Reigns' weaknesses. As much as I love Rollins turning on the Shield, it should have been Reigns. Mm-hmm. It should have been Reigns because they already were they were cheering him somewhat in the SummerSlam 2014 when he beat Orton, but then he went away for a few months, and then Daniel Bryan was going to return, and that's kind of, and that's not Reigns' fault, but that's what undid it. Yeah, because they should have turned Reigns heel by having him turn on the Shield. Reigns could be the new guy because. Any reports, even back then, even a few years ago, were what were they? Wasn't it going to be Cassius Ono who was going to be the third member of the Shield? If I, I remember right, I think so. Yeah, point. Ambrose Rollins and Ono. Yep. Yeah, and then no, Triple H wants Reigns, even though Reigns wasn't ready. And Reigns is still a project, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and he's not bad in the ring, and I don't want to say that I don't think he's as good as his insane fans think he is. But, <laughs> but you can't reason with some insane fans as it is. Um, but you build, you would have to build it from there because they miss they miss the opportunity with breaking up the shield to turn him heel. They miss the opportunity with right after WrestleMania 31, after the cash in by Rollins to turn him heel. Mm-hmm. The one saving grace they had to maybe make him a babyface or you know have him be a babyface people enjoy. People pop when he speared Triple H at Survivor Series 2015, but then they cheered when Sheamus cashed in on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they also cheered when he won the belt against Sheamus, but I feel still to this day, I still think that they cheered that merely because they wanted champion, they wanted Sheamus as champion less than they did Roman Reigns, which is why they cheered it, I thought. But, and, and true, but if you think about just the night before at that TLC, at the TLC event, people went nuts and loved it when he took out people with a chair because that's the kind of Roman Reigns that they needed to book. Yeah, it was there. People were going crazy, yeah. yeah. People went crazy. Like you said, they went crazy when he, when he you know, beat up, when he, you know, beat up Sheamus and he won the belt and everything, even with Vince doing what he could to get him over, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking a Superman punch and hope, and luckily not blowing out both quads when he fell down. <laughs> um, I mean, I love Vince, but that guy—that guy has to not be that way. That guy just has to not take <laughs> yeah. bumps. I mean, Vince, you're too damn old. But after that, the way they booked him, they did not book him like a badass after that. And then when they tried to do the sympathetic thing with the blood, Byron handing off the blood capsule, good job, cameraman, by catching that on, you know, live footage. <laughs> and, God, that was just so bad. That was bad. And then Triple H beats him up, and then, you know, he comes back a few weeks later, and people are cheering Triple H. And people cheered Triple H when he won the uh, Rumble, you know, and won the belt. 
Mm-hmm. But that was just, like you said, pretty much the same thing. It's like when they didn't want Sheamus to be champion, but they wanted Reigns to be champion. They wanted Triple H to be champion more than Reigns because they already screwed up the booking from six weeks before. Yeah. You can't, you have to book him one way. A destroyer. He has to be a destroyer. Mm-hmm. Because he's not a sympathetic babyface. He has that. I. You heard me say it. I said it on. I said probably on the last show that I was on. I said it on Twitter. He is the Samoan Lex Luger. Yeah, I remember you saying that. that yeah, came, I've heard you say that before. Yeah. He's the guy that came from football, and he. Do I think that he loves what he does? I would hope he does, considering how much they're paying him. But I felt that he never loved the business as much as others did. He has the business in his blood, unlike Luger who just had creatine and steroids in his blood. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, and you've and heard my opinion. If you watch any of my rants, you know my opinion on Luger, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I won't yeah. go into here. But a um, little, little bit angry about that. But Reigns, my problem is, is I don't feel, at, at least at first and for a while, that Reigns was loved the business as much as others. Mm-hmm. It just... It just never appeared genuine with me. Him being a babyface never appeared genuine. Him being a heel appears genuine to me. Mm-hmm. Because he has that heel look. It's just, that's the, the way I said about the authors of paying that kind of stuff is about the only way you could save him, maybe. And I don't even know if that'll do it. But I think Ellering could get him over. Yeah, damage has been done by this point. I mean, he's been around for two and a half years. The fact they haven't pulled the trigger yet is concerning because the more they wait on not turning him heel... The, I mean, and the, the longer they wait and not pulling the trigger on him, is the more damage is going to be done. And at this point, as a babyface, it's just it's just not working. Like you said, he comes across like a complete asshole in every single one of his appearances. He looks like a douche. His name, the Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns screams heel. And not only that, too, he cut a promo. And like you said, the destroyer Roman Reigns is the best Roman Reigns if they want him to be a babyface. But then they have him cut promos on Raw a couple weeks ago. I think it was the... Uh, Memorial Day show, whatever match, whatever show it was before the match with the Rollins, and he came across like a total dick. And like you expect us to cheer this guy as a babyface. It just, like I said earlier, it just right. makes very little sense. Well, and I mean, it's like, here's the thing: the, the night after WrestleMania, they let him soak up the booze because they were going to have to, because the fans were not going to let up. Yeah. And I don't know if Reigns had a long promo in mind, but you did that. I'm like, okay. You're gonna if you want to go this route, go this route, because he's 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 an ass. I mean, it's like is is the man himself an ass? No. I yeah. No. Of course not. Yeah. He's he seems like a pretty good family man, and he's he's working hard for his family, and good for him. I mean, you earn the money, do your do do your thing. Do more than two damn moves though. <laughs> um, <laughs> Superman punch and spear. I mean. Oh, wait, the, ooh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I always forget about that. And no sell everything on a Hulk Hogan. Like, <laughs> well, the buckle, remember that? Remember that was Rollins? The Rollins thing, yeah. Superman punch. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. There was You're a big right. uproar about that. Pulling, yeah, it's concerning not pulling the trigger on him mm-hmm. um, to be a heel. I mean, but enough about Reigns. Who, who's somebody that you think they should book better? Oof. I mean, Roman Reigns, it's... I mean, you talked about it before, and we've said it a million times, but I'll say it again. Bailey. I mean, Roman Reigns is someone that 
is always going to be fine, I feel like. Like you said, he's like he's a lot like Lex Luger, but they're, they're really behind Roman Reigns to the point where I feel like he's going to be fine no matter what, despite the fact he should be a heel. Right. But Bailey, there's a good chance you could fail because they're not as much behind her as they are Roman Reigns, obviously. I don't think they're behind anyone as much as they are Roman Reigns beyond, beyond uh, other than John Cena. But Bailey, the character, right. it's just, like you said earlier, it's very... Very concerning to watch. Uh, the, just even the interview. I want to get your thoughts on that too. How the interview came across on Monday's Raw this past week. I mean, it's going to be a week and a half by the time this goes up. But the interview was so bad, and I thought that would have been the perfect opportunity for her to rehab and reset her character. But no, she just came across saying, "I want to put smiles on people's faces." All this other corporate bullshit, and then she hugged Corey in this awkward moment. It was just—it's it's horrible. It's terrible what they're doing to her. You're going to have to go, you go back months. And I'm talking, it's like, one, her NXT run was terrific. Yeah. The way they built it up to her finally beating Sasha, the she couldn't win in the four-way. She she couldn't win against Charlotte. And then she finally won against Charlotte. And then she couldn't beat Sasha, but then she finally got that opportunity against Sasha by beating Charlotte again, you know, on that NXT TV. Yeah. The way they built that, that is how you build the underdog story. Even with the way they botched the Daniel Bryan thing, they built the story. Well, I mean, they built it as good as they could, considering they, they, they clearly wanted Daniel Bryan to be in the main event, you know, tongue-in-cheek. Um, yeah. But they built Bailey upright. And, okay, you know, her 30-minute her Iron Woman match, that kind of stuff. The match against Nia at NXT TakeOver London, I can't say was all that great. No, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like but that match either. Nia, Nia was still coming along. I mean, they need to get rid of that bodysuit. That's something I'll discuss in a minute. But the thoughts on the uh, interview. Okay, so you have her battleground debut. Great, great debut. Huge pop. Yep. She then is in NXT again, doesn't show up, and then shows up the night after Raw. They botch that. Because then, oh, you have all these women facing each other and everything, and these promos work. The wrestling is still good, but does it seem like the promos are just back to where they're bickering like high school girls like they did in, like, 07 to 2014? Yeah, that's what they're going back to, Norm. It, it, it sucks because, like, on Raw this week, they're going back to the old segments where it's one woman talking and then someone comes out and says something else and just no one says anything of substance whatsoever. Oh, but they let Dana talk. That was a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I... I I don't think Dana's a bad person, but it's like, good God, get Dana a manager for the love of God. Get Dana a mouthpiece. She should be oh, in NXT. Please. I mean, I, she's just not man I mean, roster sure. ready at all. I mean, no. Yeah, no, they did that. But so Bailey, but thinking about it, they blew. I mean, you know, sorry to get a little gross here, but they blew their load too quick by having her win the title on a throwaway Raw, which yeah. I mean wasn't a bad addition to Raw, really. But I'm like, me and my, I think we even said, I think me and my friend Chris said in the review. We're like watching. We're like, what? Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had this build up. Have her almost win. Build it up to Mania and have her win. Think of the pop she would have gotten. Yeah. I mean, she got a big pop on Raw, but they screwed that up. Yeah, it was such a short term game. Yeah. I mean, and she holds it now. She had a good deal with Alexa Bliss um, leading up to Payback. That yep. was good. Um, not that this is your life segment. I, I lost. I, that took years off my life watching that. <laughs> yeah, that that was Claire Lynch like acting. By the way, yeah, that was Claire Lynch levels yeah, of terrible. I will, yeah, I will invoke Claire Lynch on that. Um, <laughs> but the interview, they, there's one thing I will say that's possible potential. 
daily, oh, I'm going to be this and this, and I'm going to be, you know, the corporate stuff, as you said. <clears throat> what if, and I said just as much, I think, on my raw review, what if this is just, and I don't want to say a smokescreen, but what if daily is going to do this kind of stuff, but it starts to give her a little bit of an edge that she keeps losing, and she, you know, she's all hugging the fans and stuff like this, and hugging and hugging and this kind of stuff, but then arrest then you know alexa or somebody or some heel or whatever does something that makes her mad and she just suddenly snaps and just starts hitting you know starts hitting repeatedly you know locks him in a submission or something like that and uses the bailey to you know the bailey to belly a few times you know like say you know in special matches but she Mm -hmm. uses a submission give her a submission not a bear hug obviously that'd be stupid bailey while taller than some of the women that's not believable give her a submission where she chokes people out or whatever it's like she's like it was just a hug it's just a friendly hug i like that I idea mean, a lot something. at least it would make her more aggressive yeah yeah well i mean and as for the graves interview that was awkward and did you i forget who tweeted out but i saw a retweet did you hear that they might possibly be doing a bailey angle with Corey? oh god i hope not that'd be awful no that's actually good. That's the rumor. Um, oh God! Ba- and um, that's the thing is they they may have Bailey become a bit of a stalker. Oh I mean, I dear don't know Lord! That's gonna be the case, right? And oh. I'm like, okay, so they want to put now. Look, I I respect Charlotte for getting in the business. Like, um, you know, I respect Charlotte for getting in the business to honor her brother and to honor her dad's legacy. Um, and that's good. I think that Charlotte is very good. I don't think Charlotte is as good as some people say. I think Bailey's money with her character. Mm-hmm. And they're botching it. Bad. Very badly. Um, I mean, by this point. Yeah, I mean, she has so much to offer, too, especially given her character and how well it fits into the current landscape with it being PG and all. You would think it's one of the right. easier characters to book, and they botched it. They've managed to really do damage to the Bailey character. And like I said, it sucks big time. That's, that's a license to print money. I mean, think about how much merch she had in NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and mean, you can, people can say what they want about Izzy, which I have no nothing against Izzy. I think Izzy was fine. I don't, I mean, I know Izzy's a super fan. I'm not sure if Izzy's necessarily a sick kid or not. I have no idea and I don't really care. That was a good thing to latch onto. Bailey has these type of fans or whatever. And she has plenty of fans. I went, um, I mean, this was over a year ago, but I went to an NXT uh, house show at the Paramount Theater in Seattle, like, mm-hmm. last May. And Bailey got a huge pop there. Um, Bailey had, there were, there were you know, kids there and stuff like that. There were plenty of girls. Play, there were guys in, you know, hugger t-shirts. A good plethora of them. And that's how over she was. And she still is, but boy, I mean, I'll tell you this about Baltimore. You know, at, at um, Extreme Rules when she yeah. got booed. I can't say I was surprised, and here's why. Baltimore is known for being a pretty smart wrestling city. They held, WCW held a lot of great American bashes there. Um, and held some other pay-per-views there, too. But they got a rich history of, of you know, pay-per-view and wrestling and stuff like that. And WWE also. I mean, WWE's run show there, shows there, too. But Baltimore has a pretty rich history of being smart to wrestling. I'm not saying that other cities have dumb fans, but there are, you know, it depends on the history of a building and of a particular, you know, venue, you know, and of, you know, particular fan bases. I just, 
so I'm not surprised that Bailey got booed. I mean, I feel bad for her because I think that threw her off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, and then that, and then Extreme Rules. Yeah, let's let's just have Alexa squash her in five minutes. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. The fact they gave Bailey almost zero offense Alexa and didn't have her go to the Extreme as had been teased. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew Alexa was going to win. She should have won. She absolutely should have yeah. won because yeah. she couldn't end the title reign that soon. But it's like <sighs> Bailey. That's the thing. It's like they need to give Bailey a bit of an aggressive streak. I'd say have it be like a night and day character, like my, like the thing I suggested about you know her hugging the fans, but a wrestler does something to make her snap in the ring, and she does the the you know not a cross face like finisher, not the bank statement, but something similar, something where like she'll get you know she chokes people out or does like a you know a, a side a side lock like a side bear hug or something like that, or does something where she like you know can choke people out. I don't know, just something. I mean, I, I, I really, it, it's hard to come up with a brand new submission. So, because yeah. everybody does everything, including super kicks. So, I think the Young Bucks have the patent on that now. Yeah, at this point, yeah, I would say so. Um, I don't know. It's like, and did you hear, by the way, that so, so, did you hear, by the way, about Paige? A Paige, I guess, is uh, medically cleared to return or is going to be medically cleared to return? I did see that in the last, I think, either yesterday or today or something. But, yeah, I guess she's close to coming back. So, I don't know if there's a, a set date on that. But I would assume at some point in the near future she's been out for almost exactly a year at this point. So, I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, where do you see her kind of fitting into the WWE landscape of the women's divisions on Raw and SmackDown once she's back, if she's back at all? I mean, I've always said I didn't think she'd be back in WWE, but it looks like she will be. So that's good, but where do you see her fitting in if she's back on TV? I think she's going to get chopped out. You think so? <laughs> I think they could give her a small push at first, maybe taking over Pete. Maybe, you know, well, I'm not facing it. It's a question of if they bring her back as a face or a heel. Um, I almost think you bring her back as a face because they don't have enough baby faces. And Paige is likable enough to fans, though her actions with Del Rio say otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but but see, that's a, if they're happy, they're happy. It's just that's a whole mess of the situation. But where do I see that if they want to bring, they should bring her back to Raw. By the way, um, even though she wouldn't be booked the best, she wouldn't be booked the best on SmackDown either. I think SmackDown's gotten enough women. They could put her on SmackDown and. They could have her go against the welcoming committee. God, I hate that name. Awful. <laughs> I mean, and I love Natty. I mean, Carmella and eh. Tamina, I'm surprised that Tamina hasn't gotten injured again. So that's all Tamina's done for the last five years of her career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Paige could fit in better on SmackDown, but I would see, putting, I would see them putting her on Raw. <clears throat> and that's if they bring her back. They could just let her write out her contract. I mean, I think her contract's to what, the end of next year, the beginning of 2019? Yeah, I think it's 2019. Do you think they would have her sit around for like two years, though? They're having Daniel Bryan basically just, even though he says doctors have cleared him, WWE's doctors won't. They're just content to letting him be a GM and letting him write out his contract. And he's more money than Paige's. All due respect to Paige. Yeah, well, I mean, he's still on TV, though. Like, Paige, if she was to write out yeah. her contract, she wouldn't be on TV, I don't assume. That's that's a good point, yeah. I mean, would they let her? I think it would really depend on the relationship she has with the um, with, with with the brass and, how, you know, WWE brass and how much has, how much mending of the fences have been made. 
Um, I, she won't be back till about SummerSlam. That's my guess because yeah. she got surgery in what October, I think. I think it was around then, yeah. And I mean, and Nikki, Nikki Bella wasn't. Back. Nikki got it. What I think in December or January, December twenty sixteen or. No, December 2015 or January 2016, and she wasn't back until SummerSlam? Yeah, she was out for about 10 months or so, yeah, just about. Yeah, about, yeah, about, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, you know, yeah, eight or nine, but still, it's like, I mean, neck injury, necks are a funny thing. I mean, you know, it's like some can come back really, really quickly, like the procedure Kurt Angle had, but it seems like with Paige, she had a whole lot of other issues just besides, like, I don't want to say basic neck issues, but stuff that could have been easily fixed. Yeah. So, with her and her age and her mileage, I mean, and it's funny to say that because she's only, what, 24? Yeah. And she's only 20, 24, 25? 20, 24 right now. Yeah, I think she turns 25 around SummerSlam, yeah. Sounds about right. But she's been wrestling since 13. Yeah. I mean, and that that adds up quite a bit. And I mean, if I remember right, in the Stone Cold podcast, um, she said she had scoliosis. Oh yeah, I do remember that. I forgot about that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, well, it's like the only reason I remember it is um, another best friend of mine, Cassie, uh, the girl who sat in on some of my you know raw yeah. reviews. Yeah, yeah, I know Cassie. Reviews, yeah. She she has scoliosis. Oh, okay. Pretty badly. She's yeah, she's only like four foot eight. So mm-hmm. um, but. I know how debilitating that is just based on what she says. So with Paige, it just depends on her health. <sighs> because I don't see her re-signing with WWE. No, I don't. I, I doubt it. Especially I, with Patron and TNA, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, well yeah. I mean, you know, if Impact is still around in 2018. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Anthem is doing. Did you see that? Did, did, I saw a bit of the Impact India tapings. Did you, did you watch those? I did. Um, I saw that. I mean, by this point, it's going to be two weeks old. But yeah, I, I saw it from last week, and tonight's airs. The latest one airs tonight. I honestly don't even don't even remember what my thoughts on it were. I don't. I, I don't think it was that bad. I don't remember. I know Low Key had a match with someone, and they're doing Low Key and um, Sanjay Dutt no, no, tonight. No, no, no. It was. I don't remember the guy. I think Corey something. Oh, Caleb Conley was his name. I think. Caleb, well, I was close. <laughs> yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Yeah, but just I, yeah, I, I don't even remember. What was even the main event? Was it? I don't know. Do you remember? It was only a week ago too. I completely no, forgot. I don't see. I, I tune out anything when Josh Matthews is on commentary. That guy is awful. <laughs> I can't believe. I know you would ask me. We'll talk about that briefly because I know you asked me for a recent hashtag SGSM videos if Slammiversary might be better than any of the WWE pay per views. And I was thinking while right. I was answering your question. What are they even doing at Slammiversary? I know the only match that's only really been announced, other than Patron and Lashley, obviously, is that tag team match, which is going to be abysmal. No pun intended with Abyss, Joseph Park, and, um, what's his name? Matthews Jer- and, and, and 60-year-old Scott Steiner. Yeah. I'm going to look yeah, at what happened last week, too. What, what else is even happening at Slammiversary, do you know? If I saw right, because I saw the card, I think it's Storm versus EC3 in an Indian strap match of some kind. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I know they were feuding, yeah. They had that free agent football player, D'Angelo Williams, in a tag team match of some kind. Oh, wow. Um, be- Because, you know, they didn't learn anything from Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but it's like, I, I think the knockout, I think it's like Rosemary versus 
somebody. I mean, it might be Rosemary and Sienna, I think. I think they were feuding. I'm not sure. I would be. I actually, you know what? I think that is it, actually. And I'm for that. I actually think those. Impact has some potential with their roster, but the problem is they're in the Impact zone where they can't draw people. Yeah. Anthem is cutting costs. Mm-hmm. But Sienna, I think, has some great potential. I think Sienna, with her size and her ability, and I mean, you know, because she's, she's tall. She's taller than some of the other women. Yeah. Rosemary's a great character, one of the few good characters that Impact Wrestling has done that's organic, like, as far as women have gone. Agreed, yeah. Where they're not taking, where they're not taking, like, a Gail Kim. And, I mean, Gail Kim's achieved more success in Impact Wrestling but than WWE, which wasn't hard to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's like, with Slammiversary, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I, I, I know, that I think that, like, I don't remember the card because it's like, I mean, I kind of tuned out some of Impact Wrestling, which is sad because they're doing the Global Force Wrestling, Impact Wrestling feud because that worked out so well in 2015. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> complete waste of time. But, I mean, well, the good news is, is I mean, we'll get, maybe we'll get some stuff with Karen Jarrett and Bruce Pritchard talking. Oh, good God. That's good, t- right? Oh, my you God. look at the talent. They don't have the best talent in the world, but they have good talent. Yeah, they're all right. And yeah, they, yeah, they, I, yeah. Graham TNA was better <laughs> years ago. I mean, yeah. No, I, I mean it's it's sad. I mean, because well. we could talk if you we were talking like five years or so. I mean, actually, it's it's not it's not easy to say just because for five years ago, I would say honestly, in 2012 when they had got Austin Aries, Bobby Roode, James Storm, Jeff Hardy, all these other guys, I would honestly yeah. say the show was better than Raw most weeks. Right around the time Raw went first, uh, first went three hours. But ever since then, all these guys are leaving, Joe, Styles, Rude, all these other guys, Aries. And now, it's not even a matter of, because a couple of years ago, we could have said, okay, the, the booking sucks, Vince Russo's an idiot, but at least the roster is still one of, if not the best in the world. But that's not even the case anymore. At this point, the roster is, is okay. They have Patron, who is who can be good or really, really boring. They have, what, Chris Masters? It's like this this roster is okay, but... I don't know. It's 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 weird. They, that was I, I was looking at the results from last week. That was that was the main event, by the way. I completely forgot. It was Patron, El Patron, and fucking Chris Masters in 2017. If you can imagine that. I mean, Chris Masters. The ship sailed on him as far as mainstream popularity. Yeah. I would say back in 06, 07. And I mean, I I think Chris Masters is very talented. I think he is for his body, for his type. Looking at the guy, you wouldn't think he could really wrestle. He can wrestle pretty well, but. The ship sailed on him a while ago. They did nothing with him from 09 to 2011 except have him do the peck dance with Eve Torres. Yeah. <laughs> Total waste of a um, run. And here's the thing. And I mean, I know I know you started watching in 2008. You started watching uh, TNA Impact Wrestling in like what? Two, in summer 2008, if I remember right? Yep. You're all right. Yeah, you're right. The same year, yep. I started watching it. Like, I mean, I've watched the, the backlog of stuff from 2002 to like early 2003, but... I started watching because I had a buddy who had the pay-per-views who would order the pay-per-views every week. Mm-hmm. So I would watch the weekly stuff in late 2003 to 2004. And then when it got on Fox Sports and that, and that kind of stuff, whatever. Impact Wrestling to me, until about 2009, um, really started to have some good stuff. But it's when they lost Jeff Jarrett, when Karen Jarrett sent him home, yeah, that I felt stuff started to dip. Now, I mean, it didn't help that you had Vince Russo, who 
Vince Russo is not the worst thing to ever happen to professional wrestling, but he's top three. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I mean, I mean, Jim Cornette. Have you heard Jim Cornette's shoot interviews on him? Oh, I I went on a whole binge a couple months ago because they're so funny. They're so great. Did you hear the recent uh, he, rant or the recent like uh, that he called him out for a fight or something like that? That was classic. Yeah, oh, that was great. And the thing is, is, this is what I say, and this is about Jim Cornette. I think Jim Cornette in spots could be a great manager for, like, the revival and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, tell me that wouldn't be good. That'd be awesome, yeah. That'd be um, totally cool. But Jim Cornette was the authority figure, the on-air authority figure from Slimeversary 2006 to, um, you know, just about the summer of 2009. I mean, yep. and, you know, there were there, there were war wars he had with others and whatever and all that. But I like when Jim Cornette was there because Jim Cornette appreciates wrestling. Now, yes, he has some older school ideas and maybe his ideas aren't the best. Um, And maybe he's a little stuck in his ways. But he knows wrestling. Vince Russo does not know wrestling. And has never known pro wrestling. Ever, yeah. He, (laughs) in... It's like I mean he he's bad. It's like there 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 are others that are like on my my proverbial shit list. I guess would be the way to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, of wrestling of like wrestling people, and I mean just you could talk bookers and personalities and stuff like that. And uh, I know that you haven't watched a ton of WCW, or you watched some, but did you, you ever had the uh, pleasure of either hearing or seeing Mongo McMichael in the ring? In the ring? No, I think he wasn't he on commentary in the early Nitro episodes, though. Yes, and then they got him in the ring. Oh God, dear Lord, I do not his, remember. I wasn't his, even aware of that, com- honestly. Yeah, his commentary looked good by comparison. <laughs> by comparison, that's the key words there. And he was given a U.S. title run at one point. <laughs> oh God, that's the shape of the company was in, I guess, at that point. No, that was 97 when they were still hot. <laughs> oh, dear Lord, that's even worse. God, it's funny how I remember that. Um, but Impact Wrestling, I think Slammiversary 50, I'm amazed, first off, that it's gotten the 15th anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Um, bravo to them. I want I want the company to succeed because more companies means more places for the talents to come, more places for the talents to apply their trade, and more companies helps. Because Ring of Honor is kind of in the same place it's been for a number of years. And I'm happy for Christopher Daniels winning the championship. Mm-hmm. You know, because Daniels is one of one of the unsung heroes in wrestling. Agreed. Agreed, Daniels, yeah. To me, yeah, Daniels to me is like Jerry Lynn, where he's never been as appreciated as he should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ring of Honor, and, I, and I, I've loved what I've been able to see, but Ring of Honor to me has been in the same place it's been for about five years. They yeah, they're kind of in a holding venues. pattern, yeah. Yeah, they don't get big venues and all that and whatever. New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I I like it, but I'm sorry, it's like and I'm I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks. I've never been a fan of the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't wish them ill. They work hard, but the ten thousand super kicks are not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did see some of Omega Okada. Well, actually, I saw all of Omega Okada 1. I haven't seen Omega Okada 2 yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I get what, I, I don't get why people say Omega can't wrestle. I don't maybe care for his gimmick, but Omega can wrestle. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That, Both of them can, yeah. And Okada is somebody that TNA dropped the ball on when the brief time they had him. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It's like more companies need to grow. I want to see more companies succeed. That's why I hate this thing that YouTube did. Oh, yeah, the whole monetization uh, shit, yeah. PW and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I was horrified by that. Because I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's so bad. I want companies to succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that way more wrestlers get a chance. More, you know, it's like the British wrestling. I love the British wrestling. That's why I like the UK championship and stuff like that. Why when I first saw Pete Dunne, I'm like, whew, that guy's a star. Yeah, guy's a total star, yeah. He's like, he's like, if you mixed William Regal and Owen Hart. Agreed. Yeah, that's what, that's what he would be, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know, I mean, are you, 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 are you even excited for Slammiversary, though? I can't say I am. I mean, when you said it, could it be better than the WWE July pay-per-views? I mean, again, the WWE pay-per-views have never really been... They haven't been amazing in a long time, or at least they are once in a while. Payback, I thought, was pretty good. Backlash was all right, and uh, Extreme Rules wasn't that good either. But still by comparison, and um, I think I included your question... I don't know if it's in this week's, but I already taped next week's too, because I'll be away. And it'll already be up by, by by the time this episode goes up of WrestleRant Radio. But, um, and I was thinking when the last time TNA put on or Impact Wrestling, whatever, put on a last must-see pay-per-view. And I honestly could not think of one. I mean, granted, they only put on fucking two pay-per-views a year. I understand that. But (laughs) beyond that, I mean, I I can't think of one TNA pay-per-view. I'm thinking, wow, that was awesome. I can't wait to watch it again. It's been at least... At least three or four or five, maybe five years. So I'm, I can't say I'm excited for Slammiversary. 2012, probably. Yeah, I would say so. Around that time. Because 2012, they were killing it back then. Yeah. Well, Storm and Rude. That was a great blood feud. Um, uh, yeah, I, I love that, that feud. Good. That's my favorite TNA feud of all time. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, and you know, that's the thing that's disappointed me about Storm not staying in uh, uh, um, NXT. But, I mean, he had to do best, what's best for him. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But I just wish that he had to stay because imagine Rude and him teaming up eventually. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it would have been cra- or feuding or something. It would, you know they would have done it. They were chanting beer money at, at James Storm when he first showed up for the, the for the first two appearances before he left. But it would have been great. It yeah. would have added to the tag team division too. But I mean, he could always come back. He didn't leave on bad terms. Apparently, granted, yeah. he's. I think he's around 40 years old, so I'm not sure how much time he has left if he was to leave TNA, whenever that might be. I don't know how long he signed for, but um, it would two be years. nice to see him in NXT so at I, least one more time, yeah. yeah? I think it's two years, so I think after this year, I think it's up. Hopefully he leaves. <laughs> Hopefully he leaves. I mean, he's facing EC3 right now. I've been watching the product. It's not a bad show, just there's no buzz around Impact right now. And he's been used okay, like, he's been in matches with Lashley and EC3 and has been more of a main event star. I don't know if you saw the DCC, but the DCC was awful. It was another one of those terrible TNA fucking oh. stables. Oh, but come on. TNA does stables so well. Yeah, exactly. The Immortal last... was great, wasn't uh, it? It all started with Immortal, because Main Event Mafia, I would say, was, was pretty good. Main Event Mafia, I thought, worked out well for the most part, in my opinion. But beyond that, it's been all downhill from the fucking DCC to Immortal... To uh, what was the other one? The Aces and Eights. Oh, that was by far the worst. And uh, the Beatdown Clan sucked too. I called the Dixieland Jazz because of Dixie's group with Magnus and stuff like that. Oh, that one too was also terrible. Every single year they have at least one heel stable, and they think it's going to add to their viewership or something. It only it only goes down. You know that, and that's that's one thing I want to say. It's like 
the main event mafia. I call them the AARP mafia. Yeah, um, with all the old guys know. in it, yeah. And it's just, I mean, but that was great. Um, Fortune wasn't too bad, except they were supposed to be like the four horsemen, and then there ended up being about eight guys in the group. Yeah, they fucked that up, I yeah. I felt bad for Desmond Wolf at, you know, Nigel McGuinness, because he had his health issues. I I don't remember what it was. Was it hepatitis or something? I think it was hepatitis, yeah. I think, that, I think that's what it was. I, I believe so. I it was so. that, because he had to stop wrestling, which is so sad, because he had such a great feud with Kurt Angle in 2009. Yeah, that was the only really good year. I mean, even while he was still healthy, even beyond that feud, they did nothing with the guy. He was around for maybe six or seven months in the company before he got sick and had to, and had to leave. And um, but they did nothing with the guy. Yeah, they they brought him in, used him really really well because they just took him from WWE. That's where he was going, but he he failed to pass the physical or whatever. And Daniel Bryan did. Right. And then they just fucked him over in 2010. It was a complete waste of Desmond or uh, of Nigel McGuinness. And I'm so glad he's in NXT now as a commentator. His stuff with Jr. Like them calling the UK Championship. I mean, they gave and that was a great thing about NXT Takeover Chicago that. Because Nigel lends a lot to that on commentary. I never, I didn't think that NXT Takeover Chicago was going to be that good. Honestly, I didn't. I was like, okay, it's got potential, but the it's so soon after Orlando. Yeah, and it turned true. out to be probably the best Takeover in about two years. Yeah, it was a great show. I mean, but it's like Nigel. Nigel was there. I mean, obviously Jr. got a big pop. I love how the crowd popped for Pete Dunne, though. Yeah, and he's you like you said, he's Pete a star. Dunne's yeah. Pete Dunne was trying to heal, but he is like just trying to hide that smile because he he's on such a big stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's good. That was great, um, yeah. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's just it's sad what Impact Wrestling has done because there's potential there, but they have they have such gutted divisions. Mm-hmm. Like, let's rebrand LAX. Hooray! Yeah, again, let's bring yeah. Conan. Oh, I mean, I feel bad for Conan. I mean, I know he's had a lot of health issues. But it's like, oh, he looks so disheveled. Yeah. I don't know why they brought him in. I'm not a big fan of Conan, so I'm not really sure. He adds nothing to the group, so I don't know. I mean, here's what here's the thing about Conan. I appreciated what he did in wrestling. Like he had a pretty good run as US champion in ninety six and he eventually dropped it to Ric Flair Bash at the Beach in ninety six. Mm-hmm. Um uh which which was fine. It led to a great feud to Flair having Eddie, but Conan was a good wrestler in WCW, in um, in Impact Wrestling, less so the whole three live crew thing. I mean, I'm skewering old school there, but <sighs> I just, yeah, Conan, I was never the biggest fan of. And I know he had his hip problems and he had that falling out with Impact, but his stuff like in Lucha Underground, like the first season, I was like, okay, cool. He kept flip-flopping back and forth with Kuma. Yeah, that was that was weird, and they never really gave a, a definite payoff to that either. I thought he was going to turn on him and go heel, but it never happened. It was really weird. I did like how Vampiro ripped into Conan a lot of commentary. Yeah, Vampiro's like awesome. I love Vampiro, yeah. And poor Vampiro. That, that match that he had with Pentagon, though, where they tore each other up, I'm like, ow, ow. I watched that the other day again. Yeah, that was... That was a great match, but he really killed himself. And the from from the fire and just everything else was oh, it was ridiculous. Well, but the guy's crazy. You know, though. you know what caused you know what caused a lot of Vampiro's injuries, right? What's that? Um. Well, back in two thousand, he had a match against Mike Awesome. That there was a botch, and he actually broke his neck. Oh God! And he finished the match. Yeah. Well, I mean, he broke. Well, he injured his neck or broke his neck. It's one of the two. But um. And then in two thousand, I want to say eight or nine. I mean, I think it was around that. 
because it was after his time in Wrestling Society X. That was such a great. I don't know if you've ever watched any of that. I haven't. I haven't seen it, but I have heard of it though. Yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Vampiro was cool, but he, he so, there was a home invasion, and he jumped out like of the window to escape, mm-hmm. and I think really crunched up his back badly because I can't oh, remember God. if he jumped. Out, I think he jumped out of a second story window. Oh and That's man. part of the reason why he was on commentary. Mm-hmm. Well, also he's almost fifty, but <laughs> yeah, it, because I, it was shockingly, I mean, some people were surprised by this. But I'm like, yeah, I'm a Vampiro fan. I thought he was underutilized in w, WCW. Um. But he's great on commentary. Him and Stryker are good. Are they yeah. still doing commentary? Or is Stryker not? Are they still doing commentary? Because I haven't been able to watch as much Lucha Underground Season 3. Yeah, no, they're still they're still behind the booth. They have been since day one, by and large, for the most part. But yeah, they're great. The whole show has been awesome. I would definitely... I mean, the first half of, second, uh, of Season 3 wasn't as good as the as the previous two. But the second half so far, for the past three weeks, has been really good. It's strongly recommended, I would say. I mean, I've been watching some of it that I can, like clips on YouTube, but it's like my problem is I don't have El Ray. Yeah, neither do I. I just find it online, yeah. They gotta, they gotta get on another network. Yeah. Get on a bigger, bigger network. I think Spike should bring him in. Spike would be great for Lucha. There. Yeah, they would be. I would I would think so, yeah. I mean, they one, I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know what's funny is just, just wrap up about Lucha. The guy playing Dario. Yeah, he's an actor, Dar- isn't he? Dario Cueto. Yeah. Yeah. I watched this movie. I don't remember what the, it was. This horrible horror movie that was on Netflix, and I look and I go, "Wait, wait a second. And I, I look back and I go, "Wait." I took a, I IMDb the title and I go, "Holy crap, it's Dario!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just see him pop up and in the most was, random places. He yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, like, same hair and everything. Um, it Lucha Lucha Underground. I feel unfortunately Lucha Underground it's almost peaked because you can only tape a show so far in advance and have so much stuff to where it's like. I don't know how long that product's going to last. I hope it lasts a while, mm-hmm. but that to me is almost a niche product. It to me is a lot like ECW, though I think Lucha has better action in the ring. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just reading. No, that's that's a good comparison. I would say, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, uh, it's just what, so Lucha. But Lucha has been very entertaining. I mean, I used to do reviews of Lucha Underground, and then I just got to where I just couldn't do them anymore because I lost. I I I work so I work so damn much, and I'm like I'm doing so many shows, I can't keep up with all this stuff. I had to drop the NXT weekly TV because mm-hmm. I'm because I'm doing Raw and SmackDown reviews, and I'm like, well, that's enough. It's <laughs> five hours a week is enough. Yeah, and 205 Live you throw in there too. Yeah, well, six. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. I mean, and that's the thing. Two hundred five live. They need to open up SmackDown. They need to open up the venue for SmackDown early. They need to put on two hundred five live before SmackDown. Yeah, that's what they Get would do with crowd. main event. They used to take main event before SmackDown, so that's what they should do with uh, two hundred five live. Just have it go live, obviously. Yeah. I would say just put main event before um, before Raw. I mean, granted, Raw's already you know, long enough as it is. But. Well, no, that, that's what they do. That's they, they moved, they moved, they used to take main event before SmackDown, but they moved it before oh, right. Raw. That's what they're doing now, but so they don't film anything before SmackDown. They just start SmackDown at the same time. They just go longer, obviously, with 205 Live, so it's not like a four-hour show instead of three with 205 Live, but they should. it should be moved ahead of time. I, I agree, at like seven or so or whatever. Well, I mean, and what they should just do is cut it down to about 45 minutes, have, have two matches or maybe three, and cut down on the interviews. I mean, you know, maybe have some short interviews, but cut down on the interviews. 
because it's like the Austin Aries interview. I mean, I hope Aries is going to be okay. I hope the injuries that he talked about are played up a bit and that he'll be back in the ring. But if he can't be back in the ring for a while, put him back on commentary. Agreed, yeah. I mean, how many times do I have to tell you, Morrow, I'd stick my thumb in his eye? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Morrow, did you hear about Morrow signing with Bellator? I heard about that. That's great news. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm really happy for I God, that's one thing that WWE, and I'm going to do, I'm going to do a thing like I did for 2016 once, you know, 2017's almost up. Ten things that WWE, you know, got wrong in 2017, and one of them is getting rid of Morrow. Yeah, that's got to be leading the list. They're close to it. Absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. This is your life is leading the list. Oh, yeah, that would easily be number one. Yeah, Morrow comes close, though. But I'm happy for Morrow. I've been a fan of Morrow since way before he became really famous. There was a local Canadian promotion up, like, that was on a local cable access channel, KVOS Channel 12, uh, here in my area. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this guy's really good. And, I mean, it was was such indie wrestling. Like, it was filmed with one camera pointed straight ahead at, like, high school bleachers. And Mm -hmm. the ring, like, the ring was like the Memphis, if you've ever seen, like, clips of Memphis wrestling, it was, like, barely off the ground. Oh, God. (laughs) But they had had times where it's like Morrow would even appear on camera and show, um, you know, and display, like, you know, he would give awards to people. Like, they gave an award to a wrestler from long ago, Don Leo Jonathan, uh, Mm -hmm. if I remember right. But, I mean, I've been a fan of Morrow for years, and I'm so happy, like, oh, thank God, he's on WWE. This is going to give everything, and they ruined him. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Okay, your sound bites aren't for everybody, but Morrow knows wrestling. That's why Vince probably didn't like him because he knows wrestling. Yeah, exactly. That's why they brought him in. That's why they didn't like him either. It's kind of it kind of goes both ways. Well, that's kind of the frustrating thing is I was like, you know, I told people about I told people about you. I think I told my I didn't say this on the review, but I said it to my said it to my best friend Chris. I said because he he had heard some of the clips of the last time I was on the show, mm-hmm. like you know before Roadblock. And he says, oh, he seems to know what he's talking about. I said, oh, Grant's great. I mean, he actually, he, at least he knows about wrestling. He knows about wrestling, but can see it from a fan's perspective. So too many get wrapped up in it without realizing it's a fan perspective. Yeah, yeah, you sure, know? yeah. I mean, but knowing wrestling and appreciating it, I guess, is a lost art. Why don't you cheer Roman Reigns? Because he's not that interesting. Yeah. I think he is. Okay, you think he's interested? Great. That's good. Yeah, it's good for you. Exactly. We were at WrestleMania, and there was uh, I was sitting all the way up top, and between my section and the section sitting next to me, there was some guy that was. Everyone was pretty much booing Roman Reigns. Obviously, there was a guy that was yelling at everyone who was booing Roman Reigns, saying, "Why do you boo Roman Reigns?" And they're saying, "I don't know. We don't like him." And he's saying. You're booing his character. You're not booing the man. All this other shit. It's like, dude, stop defending Roman Reigns. I don't give a shit if you like Roman Reigns or not. If you want to cheer him, that's fine. Don't bother everyone else, though. It was so stupid. I was at the SmackDown right before Fastlane. Yeah. Um. And uh, if you remember right, actually right after that, I became pretty sick. I was wearing a mask on my Fastlane with you. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw that, but... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I recall seeing that, yeah. I, I, I lost 15 pounds looking <laughs> Damn, yeah, that's bad. Right? Terrible well, sickness. Hit everybody. Maybe Fastlane like, got you sick because Fastlane wasn't good either. So, are you? It was you said it was before Fastlane, so never mind. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, it was, it was. I mean, I had the mask on. It's like I didn't miss a single review, but and I only missed one day at work, and it was my first time missing work in about five years. Oh wow, but, <laughs> that's impressive. All right, but 
my whole point about the fans, the reason I mentioned the show is there were two kids that would not shut up about John Cena where I'm like, I'm like, and I said, I said to my friend Cassie, I said, I'm going to yell at them if, if they don't shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're kids, they're enjoying it. I mean, I used to cheer Hulk Hogan before I knew he was a racist, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's another thing about Hogan. What do you think about him coming back? Possibly. I don't know. I think he will be back at some point. I mean, I've always been a Hogan fan, and the whole racist thing broke out, you know, two years ago and whatnot. But I do think he he will be back at some point. I I already would be back. I thought he'd be back at WrestleMania, considering it was in Florida, and that's where he's from, um, or he lives now anyway. But I I guess not. But I do think he will be I back at some point, though. I suspected that if they put New Day in a tag team match, they were gonna have him manage them. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he would fit in well there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like. It, Here's my thing, and I mean, I said this, I don't remember what episode it was. It was a rapid fire episode I did, just a quick topic thing. But I said, I just, if, if they want to bring him back, fine. But I'm done with Hogan. Hogan will always have a place of what he did in wrestling, whether I agree with how he did some of his matches or not. I feel Randy Savage is better than Hulk Hogan, um, by far. But WWE and Hogan. If they can rebuild their relationship and they feel it's good PR, fine. But I'm not going to cheer Hogan coming back. It's like when Goldberg came back. I was like, yay, Grandpa's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel I feel better. I mean, I don't know. Go, uh, Goldberg, I mean, he might want to do another WWE comeback. Like, no, please. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm good. I thought the I thought the run was was good for what it was. They made a ton of money. He got over. He was popular. The match with Lesnar at Mania I thought was great, but I don't think there's a burning desire there for him to come back for. I mean, for what to beat Roman Reigns or something? It's not. It's not even really that worth it. I mean, they they could have maximized it a little more if he wasn't if if he was in. And I mean, a little bit of better shape, and I mean ring shape. They could have had maybe him and Reigns team up at some point to maybe get the tag titles. That wouldn't have been bad, you know, yeah. A little, yeah. I mean, but isn't another thing actually that him versus Braun would have been nice, except Braun would have absolutely killed him. <laughs> oh, yeah, easily, yeah. yeah. As he should have. And Braun, though, I am excited about Braun coming back. Yeah, hopefully it's soon. I heard it soon, it, so. I never thought I'd say that. Like, a year ago, I'm like, ah, oh, Braun or whatever, and then they start doing the squash matches, and I go, oh, this is great. Yeah, they built and him up. He's a prime example of a guy they built up well, yeah. Well, they did the squash matches with Naya, which sort of worked. Yeah. And I like Naya. They need to take the bodysuit off of her, though. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that post where she was out of the bodysuit? And I go, okay, I mean, she's not my cup of tea, but why do they put the bodysuit on her? Yeah, Naya Jax is attractive. I don't know why they give her the bodysuit, just because, what, she's fat or something to some people? It doesn't make any sense. I thought that was kind of stupid. She's, yeah, she's like maybe 160. Yeah, I mean, she's bigger than all the other girls, but it doesn't necessarily mean she's fat, I would say. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's no. dumb how they do that, yeah. No, no, man, it's just, I, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I would say so, too. It's... They could book the women so much better. I mean, I, th- I think we, I mean, we discussed that already, but I mean, I hope, I mean, I just hope that the SmackDown women are booked fine because there's some good potential there. Mm-hmm. Um... It's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I think Tamina's basically a wash. I think she's just about done. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's been here for seven years at this point, yeah. Have it only been seven? God, it feels like longer. <laughs> yeah, on the main roster anyway, she's been here for about seven years. Yeah, when she debuted yeah. with the Usos. Yeah, Natty's been there, what? I think she signed in 2008. So she's been there for nearly ten years. Yep. 
Um, I I feel bad for Tyson Kidd. He hasn't. That they, they won't let him come back. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, but that's sad. I mean, but it, I mean, at least he wasn't paralyzed. Yes, there's a plus. I mean, he, he's he's. It seems like he's doing a lot better physically. But I don't think they're ever gonna let let her ever let ever excuse me ever let him wrestle again. I think that if they were, they would have brought him back a lot earlier than they have. I mean, he would be back by now. I would think. Hey, I got one. What do you think of Marty? And I, I can't pronounce his last name for the life of me. The villain. What do you think of Marty calling out CM Punk for you know to come out of retirement? I saw that. I think he said. If he was going to have him, I don't know what the exact context of the answer was in the interview. I, I read it, but I forgot about it. That would be sick. I mean, I, I, being a huge CM Punk fan, I mean, obviously I'd want to see it. I don't obviously see it happening. I don't think Punk is ever going to wrestle another match. But if he did, I mean, he doesn't have to wrestle another match for WWE. I will say he'll never wrestle again for WWE. I think he will be back. I've always said that at some point down the road for like a Hall of Fame or something. Maybe down the road. But... Nah, yeah, him and him and like I don't know about Ring, him and Ring of Honor would be pretty amazing. That would if you want to create some bu- buzz around Ring of Honor again, bringing back Punk for like one or two more matches would be great. And him and Marty Scurll, because Scurll's one of the best things going in wrestling right now, so I think that'd be pretty great. So, what are your thoughts? It would come full circle for him, considering his pretty his main big push first game in Ring of Honor. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I mean, it would, it would. I've seen a bit of Marty. Like I forget how to pronounce his last name. Um, Squirrel, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Squirrel. Oh, okay, okay, that is how you pronounce. I've seen. I'm pretty impressed with him. He he's a really good. He's from the UK, right? Yep. Heard him talk briefly. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's he really embraces the villain thing. I like the umbrella look. I like that reveal of him joining the Bullet Club. I think Marty's a good talent. Um, I think he's got the villain persona down pretty well. Though I will say this, and I, I did you see the New Japan um, tweet where Cody Rhodes did the NWO like um, promo? I didn't see it. I know of it. I saw someone tweet about it, but I haven't seen the promo yet. Though I heard it was for the G One, right? Is that what it was for, or something like that? Yes, yes. Yeah. And when Cody did that, I'm like, I respect Cody, respect him immensely. I'm like, oh, God, you've got to be kidding me. Because I'm like, <laughs> okay, first off, you can't... People say, oh, the bullet closed better than the NWO. I'm like, oh, get out. Get off my timeline. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody has their own preference. Some people were not around when the NWO was at their height. Yeah, sure, exactly. But I, I'm sorry, the NWO is better than the bullet closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just... I, I think, honest to God, the truth of it is, is... New Japan, I don't think New Japan's peaked, but I would be very, very surprised if New Japan gets a big foothold in the U.S. market right now, only because um, I don't think that um, that they are, I don't think right now they have the firepower to do it, except in short bursts, because people have brought that up. Oh, New Japan could get in the uh, U.S. market. I mean, they could for spot shows, but I don't know if the Japanese style is going to translate well to a full American audience. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I know they have their U.S. tour coming up, I think, in July, I want to say. So I guess we'll find out pretty soon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And here's the thing. They have a great roster. They have a great roster. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Japanese, I hope that Jushin Thunder Liger gets inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame sometime soon because he's retiring in a couple years. Oh, yeah, I think he will. I think he absolutely will, yeah. No doubt about that. 
I want to see him on a, I want to see him on at least one Mania match. At That'd be cool. One. Yeah, the Takeover the match was cool, but on a WWE main roster match would be pretty sweet. You know, I mean, Liger, Muda, and a few people like that got me into Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, that's just that's in my opinion. Wow, we've we've we, we've gone on quite a bit on this uh, on this conversation, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we'll close it out right about here, but we'll definitely go on in the future. I mean, we've only really scratched the surface in talking about what's wrong with WWE today, but even beyond that, in terms of WCW stuff, CM Punk, we talked about a bit. We really kind of talked about a variety of topics, which is great. Yeah, I mean, thinking variety is key. That's why I mean, well, that's why I appreciate your channel because of you'll talk about the current, but then you go back to your old, school, you know, the old school in your house pay per views, which yeah, your review of Canadian Stampede, that one, mm-hmm. that one was great. Thanks, that man, I appreciate it. Tag, yeah, oh no worries, man. That te- no, see, you encapsulate about the ten man tag perfectly. The environment, the atmosphere of that, you can't create that. It happens organically. Yep. And Canada is just such a hotbed for wrestling. Um, but yeah, that's one of my favorite pay-per-views. I mean, it's like variety. That's why I do stuff like, you know, the old school and the new school stuff. Because you got to bring in, you got to show the old the old school fans, hey, you know, I know I know my stuff too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not just a jaded fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, though I think you would agree, I mean, a little bit that WWE has sort of jaded. WWE has jaded me somewhat, even though I'm a fan of it. Their booking is the problem, not the talent. No, absolutely. If you see it like that, then I think you're okay. Yeah, that's the way that I look at it in any way. Yeah, it's the way it should be, but hopefully they push things forward to SummerSlam, and SummerSlam's a big show. Because last year's SummerSlam was pretty good. Yeah, it was a good show. The last two years, it's been it's been pretty good. I'm still waiting for, like, I thought 2014 was pretty great. I don't know, just, I mean, yeah. we won't go into a huge discussion about it, but just the fact that it's four, year, four, hour, four years, God forbid, four hours long, um, I don't think does it any favors. It's like a three-hour Raw. It doesn't need to be four hours, but it is what it is, I guess. Oh, no, no, no. Four years will be like Mania 35. We'll have to like, <laughs> take two days off from work just to watch the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it will be. I can't and wait. Reports, I... London might be under consideration for a Mania. Oh, really? For 35? Yeah, for 35, which means that I'll just have to take that whole day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would it error? I guess it would. if they went on at 8 o'clock there, that would be what? One here or something like that? I don't know what it would be. Uh, or no, about, three o'clock. About noon. About here. noon, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's eight hours difference. I think it's eight hours difference from me. I don't know about from you. Oh, it's from, five for me. That makes at. sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's yeah, it would be... So it would be eight. It would be... Yeah, for me, I think it'd well, be I mean, three. I don't really then... know that because my, friends in the, my best friend's in the UK right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> Please, please limit Mania is all I'm saying. It's just don't don't make it like Mania 33, where by the end of the review, I'm just like, we're exhausted. Yeah, exactly. A five-hour show. Well, seven hours if you include the kickoff show. Just absolutely ridiculous. We can only contain, we can only take in so much wrestling, really. Right. I mean, well, that's the thing. It's, like, it's not that it wasn't enjoyable, except they front-loaded the card with the great stuff, and then by the time they got to the main event, let, let's put maggots on the projection screen for great life. <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, really weird. I mean, the, the card placement wasn't that bad, but yeah, the first, like, four or five matches were awesome, and then you get the Reigns and Taker in the main event, which wasn't that good at all. And then you have Bray Wyatt and Orton, which sucked. I mean, it was a really good mania overall, but the card placement was a bit questionable, I will agree. 
the Hardys returning elevated that thing at least a full grade. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Because the pop for an open air stadium is hard to, you know, cover. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard, it's hard to like get an open, a pop, like to stay that loud. That was sustained, a sustained war for them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, I, we finally get to see it. And I'm, I'm 50 50 on the broken gimmick. I mean, I appreciate what Matt has done. I know you've met Matt Hardy a few times. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's, and, you know, it's really, it's really cool how he, he's talked about, you know, he's praised some of your articles that you've done about him. But I, I appreciate that Matt found a character that was unique. And the fact that 70,000 people are all doing the delete chant was really cool. That was pretty sweet, yeah. Still my favorite moment of 2017 by far, yeah. That, um, yeah, I mean, it's like that, there's, there's a couple other things, um, I would, I would, you know, actually now that I think about it, I think Reigns beating Taker might actually be above the This Is Your Life segment, even though we knew it was coming. Yeah, just the way Only that it was booked, yeah. Limp. And I mean, poor Taker. People say, oh, Taker could come back at 34. No, please retire. Please. Yeah, no, there's, there's no need for him to come back for another match. That was the perfect send-off. He's earned it. Go, go into the Hall of Fame next year. <laughs> yeah, it would, be, it would be fitting. I mean, going into the Hall of Fame in the same city where the streak broke, three, four years earlier. So it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that still shocks me. The re- the fact that the referee didn't know that he, that that, that was going to happen, he's like, shit, did I just screw up? Oh, God, yeah, did he just up. fuck up? That's, yeah, the biggest mind fuck of all time, I would say. It's up there. Uh, it was amazing, though. Yeah. good thing that WWE's really done besides Seth Rollins is cash in as far as a shocking movement. Yeah, both, yeah, and back-to-back manias, too. And the Hardy, I mean, everyone kind of saw the Hardy Boys coming back. That was still a great moment. But, yeah, in terms of shocking, though, yeah, that was definitely absolutely shocking. Hands down, one of the most shocking moments in a long time. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Even, and I didn't think Mania 31 would be that good. No, neither did I. And it really had, exceeded expectations, yeah. yeah. Lesnar and Reigns did a tub of war. You know, that's, that's, that's great. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what an amazing go-home show segment. Yeah, to lead into your biggest paper of yeah. the year. That's brilliant, Vince. Just brilliant. I'm I'm afraid that I can't wait for Triple H to take over. Even if I don't think Triple H is the best wrestler ever, he's got a better mind for what's going on now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a fan of Paul Levesque than I am Triple H. Me personally, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, at least NXT has proven with the right minds because Regal has a lot of influence there too. And I mean, you could tell. Yeah. Easily, yeah. Imagine if Regal wasn't retired. Regal versus Pete Dunne at yeah. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Oh, shit. I mean, I've seen so many people talk about that. Like you said, he, he's pretty much done with a neck injury. But, oh, man, take my money. Yeah, right? I mean, well, I mean, I know especially for you being such a big... Yeah, uh, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. Back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope Regal goes in the Hall of Fame next year. He should. Yeah, I think he was supposed to go in this year, but they, they bumped it. So I guess he, it's probably going to be next year, I'd imagine. I mean, there, there's a plethora of people that they got to induct Vader next year because I'm afraid for his health. Yeah, they should have done it this year. I'm not sure why they didn't, but it's got to be definitely next year at this point. Well, DDP, yoga, DDP, I think, has reached out to him about the yoga thing mm-hmm. he does. So I think that Vader's working better. I Because I th- Vader's still wrestling, which I, he shouldn't be. Yeah, no, he definitely should not be, yeah. 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 He appeared on some episode of Impact Wrestling, I think, in, like, 2015 or something like that. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool, why? 
<laughs> Why? Yeah, it was so bizarre. It was cool when he showed up on the uh, for the match against Slater a couple of years ago, about five years ago, right in before yeah. uh, Raw One Thousand. That was cool, but that should have been it. That really should have been it for Vader, especially with the amount of weight that he's put on since he left wrestling in the mainstream eye. You know, fifteen, twenty years ago, whatever. He did lose some weight when he went into a coma because he, he was diabetic and he had to get that under control. Oh, okay. Um, but but for his age, yes, he's carrying too much weight. Um, but actually, uh, you know, before before I finish up, I'm actually going to do at some point a show on how WWE should have booked Vader in the '90s. Ooh, that's a good topic. Because I think lost potential. Yeah, lost potential there. I mean, WWE dropped the ball there. Big, uh, yeah, big time, absolutely. Yeah, no, that was, I don't know, just, it's crazy what WWE's done with some talents. They, they booked plenty of them right, but they booked some wrong. Yeah, and even today, it doesn't end. We talked about Bailey, Roman Reigns, all these others are not using right, we're not using at all, and it just, it blows my mind. That's the current state of WWE, Ambrose. I guess, in the moment. Ambrose, yeah, and, and, uh, and a number of others. It's just, we talked six months ago about this stuff, and some things, the more they change, the more they stay the same. And I guess the next time we talk. It is scary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's definitely scary. I'd have to go back and listen to the other episodes we did in years past and see if anything has really changed. I doubt it, but from two or three years ago, and I'm sure the next time we talk, it's it's going to be no different. It's going to be the same thing. We're talking about the same issues because they talking about Roman Reigns turning heel, the mishandling Bailey, all this other stuff, and I'm sure there's going to be more issues on top of that. So, uh, and how JBL should be fired, and how JBL should be fired. Now he's a piece of shit. Hashtag fire JBL. And uh, all right, these other right. issues they're dealing with at the moment. But uh, before we go off, John, of course, one more time, where can the people find you on social media and on YouTube as well? Well, they can find me if you want to. I even have an Instagram account. I'm at RealOzJ on Instagram, where you can ask me and I'll send you a screenshot of my name. Uh, Twitter, Reborn Again, R E B O U R N E again. And of course, RealOzJ with John Rutland, my, uh, my YouTube page. And you can hit the notification button if you want to get notifications about the million videos I upload every day. <laughs> but also, I want to say, guys. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this this radio program, then you know then you know how good how good Graham is. But follow him on uh, Wrestle Rant and check out his YouTube channel because come on, guys, you gotta appreciate the good wrestling fans out there. Uh, some some tend to crap all over the product. Graham doesn't. I don't. I mean, not without at least presenting a fair, you know, no. Yeah, you definitely don't. Yeah. 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 It needs to be a fair counter argument of like, hey, this is not good, but here's how it could be better. Exactly. That's what we're talking about here today. That was the whole purpose of this show right now. So I completely agree. Right. Like I said earlier, people should definitely check out your channel. I've been watching it for years, ever since you really started a few years ago, and it's always been great. It's my uh, stamp of approval for whatever that's worth, but it's definitely must-see oh, content. People can check it given out. Given how long you've been on YouTube, actually, and given how you know how many followers you have and how you know many articles you do for a lot of for a lot of, uh, I think, what culture and hidden remote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm forgetting, but yeah, and Bleach Report no, too. Yeah. It means a lot given the hate that I've gotten on Twitter. And, I mean, you know, because it's all about being a wrestling fan. Yeah, we all love the same shit. Yeah, We all love wrestling. I don't see what the big problem is. We want it to succeed. (laughs) Exactly. Despite despite the sagging ratings. Yeah, despite the ratings, we all want it to thrive. And and I don't know why people get mad about certain shit or offer hate. I mean, you just got to follow John Cena's motto. I hate to say it, but you got to rise above the hate. That's all you got to do. That's that's the best advice I can give and, to people, I guess, in wrestling. <laughs> and bright colored shirts in 
confession. <laughs> that as well. <laughs> that as well. Well, John, we it's go. a. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that, no, I, I, I forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, it's always great having you on. I'm sure it won't be too long before we have you uh, back on the show. Awesome talking to you, and I'll definitely talk to you soon. Oh, man, it's always great, always great. Anytime you want me on the show, you drop me a line, and I will be there. Awesome, dude, sounds good. I'll catch you down the road. All right, take care. All right, All right adios. Always great to have John here on the show. Once again, follow him on the Twitter machine, at Reborn again. Check out his YouTube channel, great stuff. Uh, I really just messaged him on Wednesday to come on the show for today to talk everything WWE and whatnot, considering I am currently away. I'm recording this a week in advance, but I am away this week in Florida. If I could record a show, I would, but uh, point being, I messaged John at the last possible second on Wednesday. He said it was free. He said he was free on Thursday to talk. We did. Had a great hour and a half conversation just about talking all things wrestling, not only WWE and the raw problems, which is what I wanted to focus on initially. But we expanded our horizons, talked all things going on right now in the world of wrestling and beyond. So again, big thanks to him for joining me for today's blockbuster episode. And that being said, we'll be back on regular schedule next week. Again, no Money in the Bank review today because I am recording this a week in advance. I'm away in Florida. We'll be back tomorrow as you listen to this on Friday, the day of the best in the world pay-per-view presented by Ring of Honor. Looking forward to that. Should be a great show on paper. Looking forward to watching it. Hopefully I'm home, I'm home in time to see it. I'm like leaving, I think, in the afternoon on Friday. Not 100% sure, but that being said, guys, we'll be back on Thursday of next week. Standard show as usual, talking all things Raw, SmackDown, and everything else in between. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Have an awesome weekend, and I'll catch your ass down the road.